and welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast. It is beer, metal, swearing, also vinyl. I, of course, am Nick Cameron of Glacially Musical, and I am joined by my partner who always counts us in, Count Keefe, Ch- Count Keefe Chocula. How are we doing today, buddy? I love Count Chocula. That's great. Um, I did not count us in, technically, on air, but I did count Count is count. Count is count. We, uh, I did a Wayne's World count in my recent reaction video on Slipknot. I did the, like, five, four, three. And the point, the... You didn't say two or you didn't say two or one. You don't say two or one. You just don't. (laughs) Uh, That's uh, Lee Turgeson, best known for uh, Oz on HBO. Uh, I did not watch Oz. Did not watch Deloise's brother Peter Deloise, or his uh, youngest brother. I used to have uh, oddly specific dreams about Dom Deloise as a child, so I don't want to discuss that farther because I don't want (laughs) to. So (laughs) already off to a wild start, everybody. Before we get. Before we get going too far, thank you very much for joining. If you are here for us to rap, see what I did there? Rap about body count. We're going to thrash about them. That didn't work. Anyway, so quick rundown. Thank you for joining us. If you are a new viewer slash listener, you are awesome. Thank you. Hopefully you regret nothing in the next hour, hour and a half. But if you don't want to hear the... The, the preambles, our preambles, our departments, as it were, uh, greeting, beer check, shirt check, vinyl check, not necessarily in that order, news of the day, meat of the episode, and then we sum it up nicely with a little bit of bread. Bread sandwich, unlike in light year where they had a meat sandwich around bread, but we're going to move and ride along. I mean, why isn't it meat sandwiches around bread? It just makes sense. No, no. The, the point of the sandwich is to cover the meat. I'm trying that to is, less carbs. That is what the Earl of Say. Okay, then just do like a then roll it up. I get a lot of um cross faces when I come here because I'm like in my burrito, very little rice and more meat. And they want to charge me for extra meat, not extra meat, less rice, more meat. It should not All be right. Charged. I'm gonna beer check because I right. haven't had a beer yet today. Holy cow. Trying to drink less beer because it's expensive and I'm getting chubby and so I am uh, kicking back a Centennial IPA. I got a 19.2 fluid ouncer, so I'm only going to have one today. That's why I got the slightly less than two in my Devel tulip glass because I just love it. And I fucked up the pour at the end. Good looking beer. Oh, but it smells so much like ha. It smells like hoppiness. <laughs> Founders Brewing. Sponsor me. I'm just bring send us a case send one of us a case uh i have a surprising surprise beer today i was gonna drink one of the good old standbys in my fridge and i went down to the green grocer the rainbow cooperative trader joe-ish grocery down the corner from my street and what did they have in the beer case fiend lager misfits fiend lager this was sold out immediately upon release and I didn't think I would ever get one. And I have who, two. Who brewed that? This is Cali Craft Brewing, which I believe is in in not quite the East Bay, but the not San Francisco part of the Bay Area. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, back East. Uh, this is limited edition number five of their can release. There's different beers. So this is the Cali Craft. Be curious. That's their motto. Um, and of course, the Misfits Fiend on the front, uh, the Misfits logo and fiend face on the other front or sore 
So I guess this is the front and this is the back. Sorry. Uh, you know the whole story. Danzig stole this logo and face, basically. He stole the font and he stole the face. And then he was and mad when other people have put out stuff with it on, a thing that he took that wasn't in the public domain. And yeah, yeah. I, I also love, love how Gene... I love how Gene Simmons wears the face and then complains about people buying misfit stuff and not liking the misfits. Right. So I may be going to Riot Fest to see the misfits on my birthday. I'll let you know. Uh, Very cool. Looks like I'm going, but we'll eighty percent probable. Um, a collaboration between Misfits and Calicraft and Knucklebones. Knucklebones, I think, helped sponsor the making of this beer. They make figures and and figurines mm -hmm. and dolls mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Calicraft, we are passionate about all forms of art and our limited edition music collaboration with Knucklebones com combined with our great beer, with our devotion to great music, inspired by the Misfits and signed to pair with their groundbreaking legacy. Sorry, this font is very small and I'm squinting badly. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, Calicraft Brewery, shout out to you. Let's see if this is any good, though. Ready for the pop? Here comes the pop. Good one. And now, no, it sounded it sounded like a wet fart. Oh damn! Yeah, bad good. pop. Sounds good here. Um, and now for the pour with my glass and uh, lots of luck to me because all these pours have been trash. While Keefe is doing his pour, I think it's a great time now to put this into the ether. We have discussed for a chaser episode to do a band beer episode. So probably going to be a little oh good poor need a little bit more head there so you know it's fresh but that's besides the point uh, so we're going to do a banned beer episode in the not too distant future uh we will not be driving afterwards on that day are we going to drink them and discuss them on the episode we're going to pour a flight of beers i could do that i have some in the fridge and in the closet oh. i have some unrefrigerated that i could refrigerate like i could do like quite a few banned beers ready to go of course well we can do We'll discuss it off air, but I got an idea. So right. gonna, uh, let me sip this guy and see how we're doing. I'm going to shirt check while you're sipping. Mm. I, of course, am wearing a mostly nude gritty riding the Liberty Bell, which is uh, indicative of some pretty awesome stuff that happened a couple of years ago. And, you know, as my wife wants to move back to Philadelphia one day, I, and I, I'm all for that. They've got trains in Chinatown and hockey's and beer, so I'm good. And gritty is just the most philadelphia thing in the world nobody even knows what he is he looks like some giant muppet on methamphetamines i think so he's, he's a meth booger because that basically describes philly philly first of all i love you philly oh me too me too second of all the whole town smells like urine yes it does and all the time everywhere it's like in the brick of the fabric of the town. Yeah, it, it smells like the old baseball stadium or the one we knocked down. When you walk past it, you just it smelled like the it smelled like the beer just got spilled and it was part of the cement now. It's just it just lives there. And I say that with love as San Francisco mostly smells like feces on most days. And uh when I was there, pleasant. it smelled like smelled like the marijuana's everywhere. I mean, I wish it was more marijuana to block out the smell of feces. But yes, marijuana also. Um, but I love you, Philly, and I love your people, and I love your metal shows, and I love the punk rock flea market that's happening this weekend that will be aired later in this episode. So it was past now. But yeah, man, Philly, pretty. Um a very unique and interesting mascot. I'll just give it that. I he you know, not a fan of their sports teams. Being a New Yorker, a he was also arrested for assaulting a child. The guy who played gritty. No, gritty as gritty assaulted <laughs> a child. Jeez. 
It's awesome. Oh, uh, so that's my shirt check. My shirt check. This is a really cool shirt. One of two that I got recently from Meth Syndicate. He does limited run shirts. This is the meme of Wilford Brimley, type 2 diabetes, as in typo negative. I shouldn't be making diabetes jokes. I'm pretty much about to go have it. Uh, but anyway, like literally borderline type 1 diabetes. Look, and I got anxiety and I still make fun of that. It's fine. All the time. But uh, yeah, I mean, you can't get a cooler shirt than this. I have one other one I may wear next week. But yeah, this is I've been having a lot of fun with this. I love typo negative. I love Wilford Brimley, Meth Syndicate. Go look him up. He does like sudden drops of shirts and then it takes him like eight weeks to send it this actually came in about three very cool i uh i got a vinyl check this week you rock with that vinyl check sir so went to uh went to the uh the antique mall yesterday and i got a few more things trickling in as well that are that are uh on on order now uh but i got uh foreigner double vision yeah we were talking about foreigner weren't we Wife's a big fan. I've seen what passes for Foreigner, and I've seen what I've also seen what passes for Foreigner, also with the guitar player, uh, whose name I can never remember. This one was ten bucks, but it was also twenty percent off, so no complaints there. Pretty and cool. then, because we were just giggling about it the other day, I came across. <laughs> Speaking of Philadelphia, I just did the. I just did the Nelson laugh, except in my voice. <laughs> I have Survivor, Eye of the Tiger. Uh, track one is Eye of the Tiger. Track everything else is okay. It's songs. The rest of the, the, rest of the record doesn't matter. Nope, not even a little. Uh, I actually saw, uh, I saw four, and that one was seven bucks. It was also 15% off. So it was like, you know, vinyl stuff. I, I keep thinking about their copy of come taste the band by deep purple which i did a dma on and actually i came back with a bennett so if i go buy it i'm i'm breaking my rating but i'm probably purple mm-hmm. the deep purple record you're saying bennett come taste the band yeah we, we did an episode on did an episode on, on the dma we both voted bennett but i might go buy it so if that happens i have reversed myself but i love glenn hughes just that much so um yeah and that is what that's my vinyl check for the week i i love duncan evans and i just want to put that out there in the world i can't wait for him to make new music i just like generally that i know him i feel really lucky same absolutely same writes for ghost cult and he does very good work and i got a buddy this week i don't know if anybody noticed him i didn't who what's the uh what's the occasion that's uh shlofi my little sloth he he looks very sloth like in the face uh he get him is he a good luck omen or totem what is he uh, he was a gift from my wife. She decided in 2018 that our uh, that I am a sloth, and it's just and so she decided that day that I love sloths, and it turned out she was right. Sloths are fucking awesome. They are really awesome. Not the two toed ones though, not the freak ones, just the three toed. Okay. Sorry. I have a vinyl check. If you're Hit ready, me. here's Hit the me. vinyl check. We were talking about this on a distant distant episode we were talking about this you might have this already i haven't even opened the plastic i was crinkling it here trying to open it discreetly i should have just muted my mic this was a find at my beloved thrill house records here in san francisco i was not expecting to see this i put down something else to buy this uh if i was mean-spirited this this album is going for exorbitant amounts of money on discogs and the interwebs and I got this at the regular price. This is Weird Al Yankovic and Osaka Popstar, Beat on the Brat. This was a record store day. Ramones cover, 
double uh incredible artwork just good fun to have i love weird al actually really looking forward to the weird al movie oh me uh, too me too osaka pop star fine good thanks good um and again this is going for like 150 dollars unopened on discogs i'm opening it and i'm obviously going to enjoy it i'm keeping oh it. yeah but that's like, we we both have a lot of cool and valuable records and i know i've been talking about you know my sales lately and, you know, sometimes I sell them, sometimes I don't. But no matter if I do sell something or not, every record that comes into my house hits that turntable at least once. Sometimes I decide I don't want it anymore and then I sell it. But no, I do not have that. I did not know that existed. That is awesome. Uh, speaking of, we talked about it, though, but I will say this, that, that I got that for 20 bucks. Nice. Like 20 bucks for a single. A it's a bit much. Size, but it's a bit, but it's like the rarity of it. It was a record store day jam. And uh, I don't even know. I didn't even like, let's just open this guy. So again, we had the Weird Al front cover, the Weird Al Garbage Pail Kid, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, and he's beating on a brat. Literally nice. a baby getting his brains beaten like uh, Negan. He almost kind of looks like Negan with the leather jacket, but he's meant to be a Ramon. Right, right, maybe right. Johnny Ramon with the red guitar. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the back cover. And then let's just see this. Let's just see this guy because I haven't even opened it. Oh, look at this gorgeousness in the Ramones oh. logo. Very cool. And this guy in the back, mm-hmm. a little uh, less stuff. And then let's see what the vinyl looks like. I think it's probably just a black vinyl, but let's see. Yep, just the black. But I will say it's got double labels for Al and Osaka Pomp Star. Cool. Record so, Store Day is a really interesting thing. I don't go. I don't take I part anymore. Because I just, it's, it's too commercial. It's too, it's, it's too, it's like drinking on St. Patrick's Day. And on, so in, I like it on paper. I love right, money same. going to record stores that might not get as much money if they didn't do this. I still like that it's two days a year. We're still trying to make it one day. And then they were like, nah, we're still going to do Black Friday. They're trying to eliminate one of them. And um, I still like the idea, but you and I both, I think we have the same things. We like to find the records in the wild unless we're desperate and looking for something specific online. Correct. I like to find I, uh... them in the stacks and take them home with me. I have a handful of Record Store Day albums. I've got Roger Waters' Wall Live in Berlin, Beastie Boys' Some Old Bullshit, Carcass, uh, Prime Cuts, I believe it's called. Prime Cuts or Choice Cuts, I forget what. Greatest, our greatest hits album they put out after um, after they broke up the first time. And, you know, a handful here and there. Some of them really appreciate and value. Some of them really don't. I really wanted from a few years ago the Ace Fraley Trouble Walk-In because I never, I thought I would never be able to afford an original pressing. Turns out I got one for $30, which is about $20, $30 lower than market on Discogs. So, but speaking of Discogs, I don't really have any news items this week. So I'm going to tell a couple of stories about my life in the past week and a half. I like to think of myself as a pretty bright gentleman. And you may notice I'm not sweaty this week. Uh, I was under the impression that the extreme St. Louis heat had just overloaded our air conditioner. Turns out it was broken. It was broken for three weeks, and I didn't know because it was still putting out cold air. The outdoor unit, the condenser, I got an education this week, was not running. It didn't run for three weeks. It had an emergency shut off, and it shut off. So I got it fixed yesterday, and now it's cool in here. So that's, I just cannot believe that I didn't know my AC wasn't working. I feel like an idiot, but it is what it is. I am not handy whatsoever. I would be useless. In that situation, but uh, uh, I, I paid a guy. I paid a guy. All right. 
I have a couple of news items if you'll humor me. I will, but let me just one more thing. Sure. Oh, you said you had two things. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is my my Discog story as I have been a Discog seller off and on currently on and sold my copy of Mizartham actually today and Mizartham and I also sold a copy of Slugge. A couple of things that I bought because all the cool kids were buying them. And then in the end, I don't really listen to them and I don't think they're that cool. So letting them go to somebody that will enjoy them more. But I got an order for my copy of Megadeth so far. So good. So what? And by the time I woke up in the morning, I had three emails from the guy. One, I need tracking. Well, you're going to get tracking as soon as I have it. Two, can you extra wrap it with bubble wrap on the outside of the box? I don't want it to get broken. Three, and it just kept going and going and going. And eventually I said, look, um, I kind of want to cancel this. I don't want to sell this to you. I don't want to deal with you. So I ended up canceling the order. Thankfully, he had already left feedback. (laughs) And his mistake, not mine. I didn't know that when I canceled it. And is the moment I canceled it and he found out, he sends me an email, where's my refund? I mistakenly thought that Discogs would automatically release the funds through PayPal. It did not. So when I got, so I, then when I sat down and that, that was the day we were going to pick up the kid from camp. So we had to drive 60 miles out in the middle of nowhere, Missouri, near the St. The Missouri Department of Corrections, Death House Maximum Security Prison. That's where the camp is. So you may guess internet coverage in that part of Missouri, a little spotty. It's also no highways for obvious reasons, no interstates to get there. So we sit down at lunch at noon and I've been emailing back and forth with him all morning. He put a dispute on the funds immediately. So I looked at that and I went, huh? Yeah, I made the right choice. Cause I knew at that moment, I knew when I got three emails about what he wanted before things, the kinds of things that you really should send before you make a purchase on Discogs, if you're going to ask for extra things. And I knew that I would never satisfy this person. It was going to show up broken or something and he was going to claim it or whatever. And then he'd send a dispute. So if you are a buyer, please let the sellers just work. Everybody wraps them up good. Everybody knows everybody on Discogs is a collector just like you. Be patient, be calm, don't be skittish and weird. That's my other story. Nick has sent me a vinyl and it was shipped impeccably, wrapped beautifully, not damaged in the least, beautifully done. Um, and I take the records out of the sleeves even, yeah, except for the one I sent today because I forgot. Do you do you still have the Megadeth? Yeah, I, I decided, you know what? I don't want to sell that one. I'm oh, all right, I was going to offer to buy it. I was like, I'll buy it. All right. That is my, oh yeah, that is my favorite Megadeth record. Uh, It's the worst sounding Megadeth record in terms of the recording and they can't salvage it, but like it has two of my all-time favorite, two of my top five Megadeth songs are on that album. It's also the absolute worst lineup of the band. The worst lineup of the least talented, cobbled together by dudes Dave was getting drugs from. Yeah, uh, for, for more good looking Jeff Young. Jeff Young is incredible. I'm actually here. This segues in. Did we talk about this? I don't think we did. I have a news item. If you're done, I'm done. I have I have three short news items. Let's see if I can keep them short. That's always a challenge for me. Um, David Ellison, who is in like 80 bands suddenly, is doing a Masters of Metal or something. I forgot the name of it already. Sorry, but it's David Ellison. Jeff Young and Chris Poland doing a handful of shows playing all the Megadeth deep cuts 
they hmm. all played on. Um, there's a few other people in the band. They're playing only the West Coast for now. I think they're using that to gauge interest. I can't believe he got Chris to agree to come out and play out live, like play Megadeth stuff live, because he will definitely tour in his own stuff live. Uh, Jeff Young and him become buddies somehow. They reconnected. I guess Jeff Young never did anything bad to David except give him heroin. And um, and they're going to do Megadeth stuff. Uh, no comment yet from Mustaine. I'm sure he's going to. I, I wonder... They even use the font of Megadeth's logo in their logo, whatever that name is. I'll, I'll remember it, but it's Masters of Death, D-E-T-H. So I think it's uh-huh. like very clever. Fans are hype. They're not coming as far north this year, and I don't quite, as much as I love the band, it's expensive for me to just go to like LA. Um, they might be doing Fresno, but even that's a troop for me, and I don't drive, so it's a little bit of ways away. But maybe, if I could get to Fresno, maybe, but I don't know. I can't see myself. Maybe they'll do another round and they'll come here. We'll see. He, uh, so there's that one. And, and there's uh, some other Ellison related stuff, but I'll leave that for now. Number two, the Woodstock 99, the second Woodstock 99 documentary has hit Netflix. I already finished it. Wife yelled at me during the second one because I was sick on Sunday, called off work Monday to make sure I was, I was all healthy. Mm. And so I didn't give it to anybody else. She comes out and she's like, are you coming to bed? I'm like, I just want to finish this one. How many have you watched? I'm coming to bed. There's only three. I know, but they're an hour. And I started it at like 930 yeah. when would, I was sick. Yeah. This would be a whole discussion. And they're long. They're like an hour, over an hour long, maybe two hours long each. Um, this would be a whole worthy of a whole episode or a whole discussion. I was there. I was at Woodstock 99 and 94. Um, needless to say, Metal music and rock fans should not be put on trial when there's a lot of other socio-political things at play. And yeah, they mostly blame this aggressive music or I had never seen a mosh pit before. This was insane to me. Like, if you don't understand our culture, get someone who does. You know, you claim to understand the culture, but they don't. Uh, I don't, I could go on and on, but I'm, I just, irks me that the bands were blamed I blame, I will tell you this, I can blame Fred Durst partially for the riot he caused because I was where I was when the Fred Durst thing happened during their set and it went crazy. They were radioing him. I was at the tower, the sound booth tower with my back to the tower because I was like, oh, because what I don't like is to get elbowed and pushed in the back. So I put, I find wherever I'm safe to put my back to and I watch the show plus I'm short. So I had a really good vantage point, me and my former friend that was there with me for the weekend. And they radioed him, like, please radio the stage and tell Fred to chill and calm the crowd down. So they come on stage. Somebody's got a walkie on, on, in the on position. Hey, Fred, hey, Fred, they want you to address the crowd and tell everyone to chill. And he was like, fuck no. The show goes on. And they did, I think, cut them one song short, one. And I'm not blaming Limp Bizkit's music or Fred personally, but, like, he definitely refused in the moment of crisis to help. And Anthony Keat has also almost refused to help in a moment of crisis, which is really shitty. Really shitty, guys. But okay, this is a much larger thing to unpack. I urge you to go watch this thing. Go they, in with an open mind. The, you know, I can count on one hand how many riots there have been at heavy shows. <clears throat> and they always involve super mega popular bands that have people that aren't into that kind of music liking it. Because they think 
they understand the culture. Like go mm. back to year and a half in the life of Metallica, the other riot I can name, we all know this one in <laughs> Quebec, in Montreal. It was Montreal. Right. right. Yeah, it was Montreal. And you know, they they, they rioted. Again, this is a, the one of the heaviest tours of the of the year. It's massively, I mean, the opening act was Faith No More when they're a multi, multi, multi-platinum band. And it's yeah, and so then and then you cut back to an earlier scene where they're interviewing the people in the crowd, interviewing people waiting to get in line, and a dude's wearing a cast. He's like, "I'm gonna fuck somebody up, and I'm gonna fuck somebody up in the mosh. I'm gonna fuck somebody up in the mosh with this." And I'm like, "Wow, uh, uh, hold 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 it there, Red. That's that's not what this is. It's never been what this is. So when you get the actual people, no, it's not that." Yeah, the riot happened in Montreal because James Hetfield almost got killed and Guns N' Roses refused to come out and play. That's what happened. Um, Correct. What do you call Vancouver? How do you call the natives of Vancouver, British Columbia? Are they Vancouverans? Vancouveronians? Western Canadians. They? I don't know. What British Columbians. Van- they, Van- oh, Vancouverites. Yeah, Vancouverites destroyed their whole city when they lost the Stanley Cup. Destroyed it. Destroyed it to the and ground. Dallas did that when they won the Super Bowl. You know, riots Philly and, destroyed like whole parts of Philadelphia were leveled when they you know, won finally. So like people in Philadelphia throw metal. People in Philadelphia throw batteries at opposing players. I mean, and deservedly so. But uh, in St. Louis, when there used to be a bad call on the ice, there would be a rain of beer cups and beer cans. Fantastic. I'm just saying it's very it's it's unfortunate that metal and rock get blamed i'm not saying that the aggression of the crowd the music doesn't inspire people how about not handing out like a hundred thousand candles at the end of a horrible weekend where it was already terrible you know what that you know, that, that riot would have happened regardless of what music was playing it was gonna happen and i was like oh and then and then red hot chili peppers came back out and played fire and then the fires happened i was like well i will say that was probably stupid but that's <laughs> beside but they already were burning shit yeah, they also they literally decided on the on the moment to play fire on purpose. Like they they're I love them, but that was really shitty. Anywho, yeah. go watch the documentary. DM us or don't DM us. Tweet at us on social media and tell us what you think of it. If you watch it, I'm gonna probably review it for Ghost Cult um, because I have many thoughts. Clearly, third news item, and I'll be brief about this because I don't like giving attention to attention seeking people. Metallica is a, is somebody is trying to cancel Metallica. Yeah, I'm sorry. I meant to talk. I know I meant to talk about this and I I don't really want to bring attention to this person, but here we go. I'm not doing a story about it on Ghost Cult. It's beneath my storytelling capability. I have other shit that's important to post and not this. I post about Metallica constantly. You know why? A lot of people seem to like the content and click on it. You don't like my channel? There are other channels. I'm not not the only person in the music news interviews and reviews game. So there's a person, TikTok. I'm a fan. I'm a social media expert, and I'm not shy about it. This is what I do for a living when I'm not doing Ghost Cult and this podcast. And uh, there's a person whose whole account is, is your favorite band problematic? Chances are, if that's your account premise, Every band you're going to review is problematic. They're, what is the purpose? What is your reason for being if that's not it? You're looking to find stuff wrong. So this young person who clearly you know, may be 20 years old tops, 
has this channel and she runs the gamut, rock, metal, rap, pop, everybody. And she's just, you know, very good at TikTok, very good at stri stripping together clips, pointing out stuff. She's got a lot of whataboutism. Uh, so she does Metallica because they suddenly become popular again because of Stranger Things. It's a good thing Stranger Things came along and helped the most popular band in rock history become the biggest band in the world. Like, okay, right off the bat, I, you have no credibility with me, but okay, fine. I understand that I'm a super fan and not everybody is. She goes through a list of things, many of them legitimately cringy, racist, and shitty, but also a lot of real thin ice things. Also, also, people change. A lot of the stuff she referenced is from 35, 40 years ago, not the guy in Wittane from two months ago doing the Sig Heil and they had to kick him out. I'm exaggerating. It was like a year ago. But like that guy who still won't say I'm not a Nazi, he was removed from the band because the label was like, we're going to drop you if you don't let this guy out like he can't be in the band we can't do this so metallica a lot of people have given the sea Kyle. metallica does the sea Kyle. there's a clip of james hetfield in a photo with kerry king he's wearing a confederate flag shirt and she calls him a redneck looking racist that's like kerry king's a lot of things and he's probably not the most liberal person ever to live but like not a racist probably can i just point out real quick yeah what would she say if she saw paul stanley in nazi garb or Paul Stanley wearing Confederate flags. He's done it. He's done this. Paul Stanley and Ace Freely have done the Sig Heil as as Peter. Three of those guys are Jewish, and Peter's just a dick. But okay, I'm not making excuses. The things that they have done, she pointed out a lot of things that were very, uh, you know, unflattering, racist things. Again, though, many, many years in the past, many people are not the same person. What, like, where is the forgiveness line? Do we ever forgive anyone? Is anything overcome? Can you overcome your own past? We are in a digital age where everything lives forever, forever and ever, and things that even would be forgotten to antiquity because of the growth and the de development of emerging formats like TikTok now make any video content ever gain. I will, I will say this and I will shut up. It's important to understand that that was a very different time. And there was a time when Nazism was cool. It was far enough away in the past that it wasn't really talked about anymore and it was close enough to know what it was and there were a lot there was a lot of nazi symbolism a lot of confederate symbolism in the 80s is when they they tried to reform the confederate flag obviously you cannot reform that but again paul stanley on stage wearing the confederate flag i have seen photos he is as jewish as they come Celebrating Correct. all the high holy days. Definitely going to have a Jewish funeral, that guy. He might and even be kosher. I'm not sure. Would I think for a second that any one of those guys is racist? No. Do I think that people got caught up in a lot of shit back in those days? Yeah. And do I think that Metallica was sober for 38 seconds in a day in 1986? No. It's important to know the context of what you're commenting on. Yeah. The, yeah. I, you're not going to hear me talking about the things that Jim Morrison did in 1967, because I don't know what life was like in 1967. I know what life was like in 1985. I was there. And, you know, again, it wasn't, we have evolved as people. We have evolved as humans in that time. And we have really moved forward with racism, with Nazism, with fascism. And we're actually going to talk about something 
really important about that in a little while. Well, here's how it ties in. If you'll allow me to finish my point. There's a story about body count and iced tea in here. So supposedly a music industry person claims she was on a podcast, the Appetite for Distortion podcast, the guy who's friends with GNR, not their official podcast that's going on, but Mm -hmm. a, a fan of theirs, a friend of theirs, interviewed a former music industry person who claims in 1990, whatever, she was in the meeting where they were discussing the GNR Metallica tour and body count was offered up by Warner Brothers as the band to open. She claims James singled out, I won't play with them because I won't play with X, Ice-T, and a pejorative. I highly doubt that, like, one person's, like, no one else corroborated it. That story got around back 30 years ago. We all heard about it. Axl Rose called James Hetfield Axl Rose. Not a good source of sources back then, especially with his problems with racism and homophobia. Wearing a public enemy shirt doesn't make you cool, by the way. Doesn't apologize for the terrible things you said. He claimed he several times took pot shots at James from the stage after that tour was over about James, a racist. I'm glad we're not touring with that racist guy anymore. It's like, mm, you're reaching, bro. You should, that doesn't, whistleblowing on someone else, whether it's true or not, doesn't absolve you of your bullshit. And he you was know, forgiven also, by the way. Elton John hugged him. He got over the, suddenly homophobia, his homophobia went away, right? No. So that's one very big thing. And and it's back. That story is kind of back in the ether. Like maybe it happened. I, I overheard James say this. Did anyone else hear it? Do you have one more witness to co- corroborate this shit? Or you just got, you found five minutes of fame again. Like, I don't understand people. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Also, Metallica has gone out of their way to take Body Count on tour. They were part of a Ryan Fest. They played festivals together all over the world. And apparently they're friends. So, uh, I don't know. And Metallica, by the way, has two non-white members, okay? Because Kirk Hammett is part Filipino and Rob Trujillo is 100% not white. You know, they've got a really good multi-culti quotient. There's one white American in that band. It's true. They don't even have a full-on white. They have one white American. Granted, he's like the whitest American guy ever. But like. He's from Texas. I mean. James? California. No, he's from he's from California. That's right. Yeah, he's from L.A. basically. Down yeah. There. But like. Sorry, I got confused there. Uh, yeah, I'm just call bullshit on this person like i understand and listen i'm the guy that's like cancel culture is accountability culture and i'm all about it and we're going to talk about some today same Um, because art has a reason to be and some of it is to call call people out agree i'm just saying like you know again don't go bully this person she's getting a lot of you know the metallica people were triggered and came for her and they got (sighs) she's not going to get you know like this young post-teen native girl she's native on top of everything so like don't attack her. Don't prove her right by being mean and shitty and racist to her. That's horrible. That's just going to prove her right. However, after this conversation, I'm never talking about her again. I promise you. I really like, she almost beneath me, but it kind of outraged me that metal is getting the blame for shit a lot. And really- metal, uh, metal and video games are the two biggest punching bags for societal ills. It always has been. It always will be. But in the meantime, let's talk about Something joyous. Sarcasm. Dun, da, da, da. Body count. This is a repress. Body it is not an, not an original press. Oh, I, you would be hard-pressed to get an original ever again. I feel like they're all destroyed at the bottom of a landfill somewhere. If that was an original pressing, I would have already sold it and bought a new house. Right. 
Yeah, right. Probably Ice would buy it. Like I'm sure he don't even have any. Um, That's a good question. We will get to all that controversy. I'll let's, ask him if I ever get to interview him. Let's start at the beginning. Who? Why is this band important? So this is the kickoff of our series on Body Count. Not a long series, but we're going to do a short run of the original three Body Count albums. And I picked this series, and I'm I, I'm a, obviously a huge Ice T fan. Hold on one second. I'm letting that garbage truck go by. I'm still going. Hold on. All right, that's better. I'm a huge Ice T fan. Anyone who's personally friends with me will see my profile picture on Facebook is me with my arm around the guy. But okay, that aside, I think Body Count is a really important band. I think Ice T is a crucially important person in pop culture. Agreed. The only person I can think of that is a quadruple threat in terms of he is a legendary rapper. He is a borderline legendary actor. He has had a legendary career in one of the most popular shows of all time. And he is a killer band that has now won multiple Grammys. I don't know who you could name in that field. Like, who else is in his gate? Like, who's in that road? He who, can has, you, yeah. who can you even name one person who's a legend in two genres of music? And reality TV also, if you care. Yeah, I don't, but like that's- well, he, was also in, he was also in Leprechaun 3, Back to the Hood or something. We'll leave that alone. He was. Well, we'll he, no, he is not embarrassed. He said, look, I came from South Central Los Angeles. They were going to pay me $20,000. Uh, so I got paid $20,000 to talk to a fucked up Leprechaun. His, his acting credits don't need much introduction. No, he's, okay, he's amazing. City, oh, New Jack. Oh, sh- Trespass. We quote uh, New Jack we quote New Jack City at work all the time. Yo, Mino, that school teacher you killed, that was my mother. I say that shit like weekly. Okay, weekly. Not to mention I watched like I watched like the first 10 seasons of SVU before they started to like repeat themselves too much and I couldn't watch it anymore. When when my buddy starts puffing on his little vapey box, I look at him. Am I not my brother's keeper? Is glass dick you're sucking on? I don't say all of that, but right. Am I not my brother's keeper? Anyway, Cash Money Brothers. Um, Alan Payne, always a tragic figure, similar to Morris Chestnut, getting killed in every movie like Sean Bean. Oh, shouldn't talk about Sean Bean. Anyway, I'm going to die. Basically. Sorry. So, that was Pookie, Pookie, by the way. Yes. Pookie. What about the Pookie Chris video? Rock's, Chris Rock's first ever role in anything, by the way. And uh, that was Judd Nelson. Judd as Nelson. As the un- unhinged partner. In the only other role people know him from besides. Uh, Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. Sorry. What is what is uh John Bender? John Bender with his but John Bender with a crew cut and much less nice or cool. Anyway, yeah. less feelings. Uh, yeah, his whole basis of he's he's a racist cop. He's literally proving Ice T's whole point. He is the cop Ice T raps and sings about. But anyway, so yada 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 Ice T. Let's just for a second, before we get into body count proper, you gotta talk about like Tracy Morrow is a guy from South Central LA who went to Crenshaw High School, who had like underground rap singles, I'm not even talking about his mainstream stuff, underground rap singles that were hot, hot tracks in the early 80s. He was in the military. By the way, he's a veteran and a hero, in case you didn't know. Went back to the hood and looked at all his friends locked up and looked at all the people he saw die and was like, I'm going to bootstrap myself up, be entrepreneurial and find a way out of this with my talent. Interestingly enough, his father passed away when he was a young teenager and he had to share a room with a cousin who was a huge rock and roll fan, which deeply shaped Ice's values about music, not just hip hop and dance music. And this is where he got 
his first introduction to Black Sabbath. And this is where he heard Metallica, apparently, and Iron Maiden and other bands, Judas Priest and other bands. Early to early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. And then he um he puts out a bunch of dance singles, and then he starts putting out underground rap songs that are hugely important and influential. Colors. Before Colors, Colors is amazing. Colors is later. I just wanted to mention Colors. See, of course, six in the morning. Reckless. These are songs that were like in the lore of early West Coast hip hop. There was no gangster rap. He invented gangster rap. Okay. Or as NWA. they called it in Straight Outta Compton, reality the, rap. Reality rap. The get the, the uh, CNN of the ghetto, right? That's what he did. It was, he Ice T has two modes basically as a lyricist: gritty street life and porno sex stuff, which was very popular back then. Two Life Crew, etc. But he really transformed rap from being like party stuff with a few exceptions he really put the west coast on the map and identity him and the only other person he had in the pre-nwa era is too short and go look up he the- uh ice t ice t is the reason why those uh, the snl sketch about how why do rappers so mean exist when we started the game you just want to talk about how fly your shoes were and how cool your fade was now they're talking about people getting shot what the hell right uh, keeping it real and talking about real life things that affected him personally. And yes, it was glamorized. He was, by the way, at one point, a street person selling drugs. He was a, at one point a pimp or associated with pimp. His name is a tribute to the legendary pimp, or if pimps are not that legendary, the famous, infamous pimp, Iceberg Slim. Ice T is for Iceberg T for Tracy. So he's drawing a lineage to the gritty street stuff. And people love gangsters, right? People love gangs, people love gangsters, people love mafia, mob movies. Um, I know plenty of Italian people. It's the furthest thing from who they are. They hate it. They would rather identify with Marie Curie than a mob boss like Gotti. But like, there's where here's where we are. We glamorize and the criminal element. We we glamorize the rebellion. It's it's like Bodhi said in in uh, Point Break. We do this so all the people. Driving to work in their metal coffins. No, there's another way. And I, I think that's what it is for us. That's why we watch criminal shows. That's why we like, you know, violent songs. That's why we like violent video games. It's a way of experiencing that world without actually experiencing it. I did not have a point break reference here on my uh, bingo card today. I know it's on Netflix now, the original whoa anyway yeah um with keanu and sway's dog rest in peace patrick swayze you tell me a better ballad than she's like the wind incredible uh by the way this beer is excellent i am Uh, everything i do i do it for you brian adams oh why'd you go there though (laughs) karate kid brian brian adams has that's that's from everything. Oh, that's Robin Hood. Robin Hood. No, that's Robin Hood. No, uh, men from Iowa or whatever that's from. Brian Adams has only one one song title in his whole over that has one word, heaven, right? The rest of his songs are everything he, I do, I do it for you. He did a song. 69. He did a song in Karate Kid Part 2 anyway. Moving off Brian Adams forever. Ice tea. Ice I tea. Mean, I here can I can I clown myself for a second? I used Please. to I used to when I finally got cable, I had cable interrupted sessions of cable over a couple of years in the late 80s and early 90s. So I think I had like a solid year of cable and then I, we lost it again at no money. Got it back when I started to make a little more money working after 
high school and brought my friends over. Dude, I taped all this sick stuff off a of headbanger's ball. Let's watch these videos. We're all sitting in my living room drinking beer. Uh, my mom was out somewhere. And I put on this mixtape I made, mixed VHS tape. Oh, and yeah, after, we all did that. After Slayer Seasons in the Abyss, the embarrassing, terrible chords of Summer of 69 start to come in. And they're like, what the shit is this? And I'm just like ashamed, just ashamed. And I love Brian Adams, a very talented guy, but just like right after Seasons of the Abyss, Brian Adams, just he was, off the cliff. There goes my, my He was great in uh, Young Lust, Empty Spaces, Young Lust, Empty Spaces on the wall live in Berlin. Okay, cool. He can sing, not not yes. the guy's talent. So Ice-T has a series of groundbreaking. I'm not exaggerating. I know I exaggerate a lot. Groundbreaking, six in the morning, colors. Uh, freedom of speech these are groundbreaking hip-hop songs but he, he always interjected rock in his hip-hop from the very beginning if he had never done anything else after those songs he would still be talked about he would still be in the zeitgeist of everything well, he would have got into he still would have done these movies where he plays a gang right. guy or a cop Re- weirdly he's only played gang guys or cops and very few other things he clearly would got into television as a result of his film career so i think those things would have happened without body count agreed but his his rock his records and like I said his records kind of shifted pimp stuff street life thug gangster stuff and porno lyrics about women and some it doesn't hold up to be honest like some of that stuff I'm not even down. stuff even stuff on the latest body count records doesn't hold up I don't know about that I think the ninety nine problems well yeah that's that's uh, Jay Z you know. He did a cover. He did a he did a body count cover of it. it it's yeah, not. And and he and I don't I don't love it. Technically, it's like him covering himself from an idea Jay Z took from Ice T from the eighties. But anyway, um, he always loved rock. His cousins were his cousins and high school friends all liked metal, <laughs> including his best friend Ernie C, who is a devotee of thrash metal and classic rock. And Ice loves the idea of subverting expectations and defying what people think about him. So to him, doing a punk and metal band, because to me, Body Count is as much a punk, hardcore punk band as it is thrash metal. And I saw them described today as crossover thrash. Also accurate. And that that hit me. It's like, oh, they are that. They, they are, are exactly that. that. And so DRI, Suicidal Tendencies, XL, No Mercy, which is a band that kind of folded into Suicidal at one point, Many other bands, but those are your linchpins. Today's equivalent of Municipal Waste and Striker and a mm-hmm. few other bands. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, let's body count. He forms body count. He's had like four gold. He's got four albums. Two of them are gold and a platinum single before he ever does body count. So he and is legitimately- New Jack City as well. New Jack City and Colors came out like 88, 89, 90. Right. So like this, his career arc is just going straight up. And he's like, yo, I'm going to he had the song Body Count actually comes from one of his albums in the form, you know, it from on the original Body Count album. If you know the record, maybe you don't. The Body Count song in in a pretty similar fan is going pretty much just re-recorded and re, you know, glowed up for the new record. But he goes to make the Body Count record with Ernie C recruits his homeboys from high school to make this record. Um, from the beginning, he's had additional a backup hype guy, 
um, a turntablist. He's had those elements too, but you don't see him often play with the turntablist. So he goes to make the body count record. On the strength of the fact that he's on Warner Brothers already as a rap artist, they co-sign his album. And he's like, yo, this is what it's going to be about, street stuff politics he was a very political minded guy saw himself as the sort of rapping gil scott heron um which is a very good parallel if you listen to some of the early ice records i highly recommend them and but again there's also this porn stuff it's like you know not accessible but then there's also this rock stuff all the time uh there's a song called that girl tried to kill me which is literally about like a a, a girl he met uh, the equivalent of like a Craigslist hookup, and then she was really freaky and overwhelmed him with with sexuality. And so, but I'm being that's as like as polite as I can put it for, for virgin ears. I know it's beer metal and swearing, but it's not he, beer metal and porn. He makes it hard to get sometimes, and I, I love ice, I love body count, I, I love all of it, most of it. But sometimes he makes it hard to get through a whole album because yes. all of a sudden he throws in this for lack of a better term, grindhouse porn. That's what he, well, he called his music grindhouse. He didn't even yeah. call it metal or punk. At the same right. time, who is the number one selling rap group in the world at this time? Two Live Crew. Two Live Crew. Not Beastie Boys, not Run DMC. I remember seeing Ice-T on a panel on a daily talk show, because back when those were a thing, and I believe uh, Luke Skywalker was there, and... Luther Luther Skywalker of Two Live Crew, who got sued for that name. Oh, okay, Luther. Luther, we'll go, we'll and then we'll he called, and then he called his he called his studio Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey George, I got really upset when this porn rap guy was taking my name. Go ahead. My man, my name about a makeup farmer, a sci-fi character that you can't copyright. So, I remember them asking, "Well, if they're." Aren't you? Aren't they your competition? Aren't you worried they're taking your your sales? And he's like, "I'll be fine." <laughs> yeah. Um. So, Ice records and writes the Body Count album. Uh, before that, before that, even he goes on tour at Lollapalooza. Um. That was the way I read it today. I don't. I. I. They. I know they toured before the album came out but i actually think the body count record was right before lollapalooza because lollapalooza to me is a spring summer lollapalooza and then, was 92 and the record came out in march so hold on i thought the album was 92 and lollapalooza was 91 i mean yeah you might be right hold on you could be right on the timing anyway it's Either way, he's doing Lollapalooza as yeah, because it was before because he did half the set as ice as ice and team. half rap. That's right. So he did half and half, and that's amazing. That is the Lollapalooza that I really wish I could have attended, but Same. nobody really knew what it was back then. Right. So he starts this band in order to give his buddies a job. His old high school buddies. Yeah, or he wanted to put them on basically, but those guys had yeah. all played on his rec on his rap records. Let's just yeah. most of them had Ernie had been on every Ice T record. They're best friends. I think they were roommates at one point. Um, yeah, there was even a song on a preview on the the the, the Ice T album preceding Body Count. There was a song that was that was the band. A whole what complete. Can song. we just stop for a second and just like this lineup is unbelievably crazy. Yeah, go ahead. Hit it. Here's the Lollapalooza lineup 
for night the very first edition 1991 and the original first show was july 30th 91 you're right i uh, body count toured before they were they were signed but they didn't have a record out right and that's on the strength of ice ice tea right. that's on the strength of jane of, of perry farrell believing in ice tea's talent right here's the lineup from the top down jane's addiction Susie and the Banshees, Living Color, this is 91, Nine Inch Nails, Ice-T and Body Count, billed as Ice-T and Body Count, Butthole Surfers, occasionally billed as BH Surfers on the posters in conservative places, Rollins Band, Violent Femmes, Fishbone, and then there was like a a second stage or a side stage, Othello's Revenge, I don't know what that is. That's a hell of a that yeah. That's that an incredible that's, early '90s alternative rock, punk, and metal lineup that traverses so many genres right there. <clears throat> that's amazing. Let's unbelievable. Uh, <clears throat> let's if we are ready, I think we are ready to get to the actual record now. Sure. Are we, we going to do it in sequence and then get to the big uh, elephant yeah, in the room? Then yeah. Let's now. I remember when this came out. Bought it when it was new. Uh, the version with Cop Killer is actually the first rare thing we had. My my best friend had it. I didn't have it. And but we yeah. So that was like the, that was what got a bug in my ear to try to find things that were rare. But so it starts off. One of the things I noticed because I didn't have a whole lot of rap albums back then, besides Beastie Boys. Uh, I think I had Easy Easy Does It by Easy E dubbed on a cassette. Anyway didn't know about the skits and the interludes and as we got more and more into that it's like oh he did this like that so it's there's interludes all over this it starts off with smoked pork where the cop killer goes kills cop uh let, let before we let's before we jump into the record let's let's just again think about america at this time right rodney king yeah because it's so Adler, different Adler now Lima, Eleanor Bumpers, there's a, especially in LA, there's just a us versus them situation between everybody poor and black and Latino and the Los Angeles Police Department. This is not, again, like I have friends who are in the police force. I grew up with a guy who is a cop now, who grew up in the same projects as me, hit one of his best friends. It was a straight up killer who went to jail for a long time, is now out for good behavior, but like, there's a reason there's all this animosity. If you are, don't understand, a lot of Europeans were asking me, they didn't understand about the George Floyd protests. They didn't understand about the outrage. They didn't understand about inequities. They don't understand. They don't see it the same way. Granted, the UK is one of the most colonizing ass places in the planet, much more than we ever have, but okay. Um, they don't understand. They don't have self-awareness. I don't know. My British friends helped me out, but it's not taught. I've had many interviews with British bands and I asked them about this and they're like, yeah, we don't learn anything about our own history, let alone yours. What we know is roots and 12 years a slave. I was like, that's not a good, not a good basis, but okay. Um, so like there's this animosity. It's not just rappers and black people who are angry at cops. Racism, systematic entrenched racism is now becoming a pop culture knowledge base it's out in the open whether it was video cameras the rodney king beatings the reginald denny beatings and attacks as a result of rodney king all these things this animosity i understand that it sounds horrible 
but that's how they felt. They felt like they were attacked with a target on their back. And the only way back to battle in their art is to, you know, kind of concoct scenarios. I'm not defending the idea of killing cops just randomly. He's talking about killing prick, racist, entrenched, systematic, racist, corrupt cops like in the LAPD. He's not talking about a mass genocide of everybody in a uniform, okay? But I understand if that's your profession, he's like, there's there's plenty of teachers that get killed. He's like, Arnold Schwarzenegger blew up a whole police station by himself in the Terminator. Nobody complained. They love it. Why is it when I'm talking about life, real life, that's happening, and I'm positing a scenario of how we attack back, theoretically, people are like, oh, my God. And again, this is why I talked about the Woodstock thing earlier. This is kind of why I brought up the Metallica thing earlier, because it's like the reality versus the fantasy. This is still a song. This is still an album by a guy who's an artist and a creator. Okay? We'll get into Cop Killer the song later, but I just the reason there's all this thread of animosity through the whole record, why is it us first then? Why is it all this stuff? This is the context. If you don't have it, I'll put a reading list in my something. If, if you, you really don't understand it, watch yeah. Straight Outta Compton. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. all there. Yeah. Constantly. I mean, just watch any, I mean, like, again, maybe movies are not the way to go. It's books. But yeah, man, we have a we have a systematic problem in this country. We still do. Apparently, this is 30 years ago this year, and the themes are all still relevant. Painfully just so. Just Which is why I'm surprised the song has never been re-released. But the thing I wanted to point out was I don't really understand why there can be movies about cops being killed there can be books about it there can or any or any topic what was the movie that was really popular about five was it overnight watch or something the michael pena and jake gyllenhaal i don't know i don't i haven't seen that anyway so like again to me some of these tropes are very you know they don't hold up and they're very tired to me but at the same time i have been a victim of police abuse myself being a person that lived in a ghetto neighborhood and looking like I didn't belong there. And frankly, I dressed like a drug dealer in my early 20s. I wore a black trench coat. I had my hair in a ponytail when it when I wasn't playing a gig uh, and uh, or, you know, rocking out at a show. And I looked like a drug dealer. I had reflector glasses. I looked like I should be dealing drugs. And I didn't. Yeah, belong. completely, completely same. I've had the same kinds of things. But my, you know, my wife once asked me, why do you listen to music about such violent things? And I looked at her and I said, why do you watch Law and Order? And she's like, well, what do you Probably mean? to pick it apart and all the inaccuracies. She's like, what do you mean? That's about violence. And she looked at me and went, huh. Hmm. She didn't say you were right. Because I've just, gotten that. Yeah, it just made her think. I've only gotten that five times in the entire marriage and dating and in the engagement. And I'm fine with that because I like being kept on my toes. Right. But the moment something goes into a song, all of a sudden, that person has to believe it. It has to be real and not metaphorical. This is a protest song on a protest album. Absolutely, 100% a protest. This is, and, and again, this is as much a protest album as Rage Against the Machine, as Black Flag, 100%. as Dead Kennedys. And a lot of punks also like Ice-T because he also sounds, it sounds like punk. But anyway, right. so Smoke Pork is him playing possum and tricking, obviously, a mean, shitty cop into get into getting murdered. Correct. Not good behavior, I endorse, but you understand what he's setting up by making this the debut track on his debut metal album. 
then we get to Body Counts in the House, which is the intro song. I love the fact that the drummer's name is Beatmaster V. That is just awesome. It's like they named him a drum machine. Yes. Uh, and I see as a rapper has like um, innovative uses of drum machines. Right? Oh, yeah. Then um, we move on to uh, yeah. uh, Now Sports, another interlude. And that, that was something that he pointed out that he right. saw on news reports where it's they would just tally up all the African-American youth that were killed that weekend and now sports. It was so that's how routine it was. That was his point. Uh, there's another bit on here uh, we'll come up to in a second where he again, he talks about how casually black lives are referred to. So, again, not that different than today. Correct. Then a statistic, more black men in college or in skipped prison by, than in college. Skipped body count the song, which again is a redo of uh, the previous body count original. It's not listed here. Oh, well, I have the. I again, thought the, that. I thought I'm going that with the was original. Weird. Again, the Wikipedia original version. You have the new version. I thought that was weird because I know it's on here. Yeah, you have the new version that was resequenced and remastered with the body count with top, Cop Killer off and the Jello song on at the end. Hmm. so i'll Where's, do the track listing i was hoping to sucker you into doing it but i can't now i have to do it um i know are, there's a song called body count on here are you sure i mean that's their song that's their anthem it's body count body count yeah it's that's their body count is oh yeah 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 so body count is that so body counts in the house is like a walk-on music for a wrestler body yeah. count the song is actually the first proper full song on the album and it is a banger it is just like a rap song as a metal song. Here's who we are. This is what we do. Here's who. Here's what we're gonna do. Like jump around. It's like this is what we are in a blueprint, and it, it riffs are great. Great beat. Borrowed a lot from hardcore, New York hardcore especially. But there's also like a punk part. And again, this is a song that had a life on an album a few years earlier, and it's just redone for this. Correct. And then, then comes a statistic, which again, he says like 37 black males were killed this weekend in LA. And now blah, blah, blah. So like, again, the casualness of how lives are referred to and discounted still in America to this day and to that day in 90, 91, 92. of the Devil is next. <clears throat> I'm trying to think if I have any strong feelings about Bowels of the Devil. Bowels of the Devil, it's it's a song about how prison, prison is terrible. And that's an, that is another thing that, we haven't mentioned there there's a routine uh, routinely a song about don't go to prison don't yes. get involved don't get involved in this don't do this stuff stay out right so interestingly it, that he was like a very successful gangster claimed to have been a very you know a very successful street guy as a dealer of drugs and a pimp of women but he's also like a lot of his songs even don't go back to jail or get out of jail a very interesting guy or don't even just don't even start. Um, real problem. Another thing about uh, anti-racism. Another sketch. Yeah, all the sketches yeah. are basically. So now we get into perhaps the worst or second worst song on here. KKK worst. K. This... I, I feel like it's the second worst, but KKK bitch is a terrible. It's a very derogatory song. I get the value of it. Like, let's say uh, I found some racist white guy's daughter and I turned her out. To, I'm trying to put this in a, I thought very hard and long, no pun intended, about how to talk about this song. I spent time thinking about it. And to politely say it, I get the, I get the vibe and I understand it. 
it it is really a terrible song lyrically music doesn't hold up lyrically. if i could uh insert a metaphor that's probably not accurate but it's the way to defeat racism is by converting the youth not the old dc right which yeah. is his nickname for ernie yeah and ernie uh, is a fantastic guitar player right we got to talk yes. about ernie inspired inspired by suicidal tendencies inspired by iron maiden inspired by black sabbath he is a, he is a writer he is a solo on the album my internet is going out awesome we are good now okay Voodoo. Uh, I think any song with the name Voodoo is almost always a guarantee of being terrible. This is no exception. Yeah, terrible. Let's move on. Even worse is the sequel later, which is not on this album, thankfully. Yes, we'll talk about it later. Uh, the uh, Winner Loses is is long, but it's solid. and uh, A little extra long, but it's a good song. It's got a good message. It's a little long. Unlike most records we've been reviewing in the Motley series, this record gets better and better in my personal opinion it's it's a it's a builder one clunker the rest of the way but it's a grower not a shower yeah the there goes the neighborhood arguably the best body count song ever is incredible okay incredible biohazard wishes they wrote this riff and i love those guys rage against the machine surely copied the cadence of this song for killing in the name of a little bit the beat and the kind of vibe um that Black Sabbath try Amazing, amazing riff. Hard as nail. Brilliant song. Followed by the skit Oprah. I understand that she was a target, but like... Lampoon, whatever. moving on. It's a spoof. This song is kind of divides my feelings. So Evil Dick is very similar to That Girl Tried to Kill Me and KKK Bitch in that it's not very deep. It's about his penis motivating his actions. Um, it's hilariously funny, but pretty inappropriate still. Um, but, but I maybe, thought it was I, bad I, then. Okay. <laughs> you, think, you think it's terrible? Yeah, it is terrible. I think, I think musically, I wish it had different lyrics because I love the riff. And I like the music. I just wish the lyrics, they're worse now than they were then. I can imagine if you were a kid and you heard this, like a young adult, this would be like hilariously funny and sophomoric and cool. Yeah, it's hysterical if you're 12. Yeah, but it's not if you're four 15. times 12. Five or times 15. 12. I think at 15 it stops being yeah, But that funny. is the last worst song on the record because the rest of the album is all bangers except for skits. Um, well, there's only one skit. Yeah, Body Count Anthem. Awesome. Just another there go, you know, another there goes the neighborhood or body count. Right. Mama's gotta die tonight has some squiffy lyrics, but musically kind of reminds me of how will I laugh tomorrow or nobody hears by suicidal. Like it I was, literally it's really it, well written. Interesting to me because this lyrically speaking, this one shows that he acknowledges that racism is not owned by one group. Right. Yes. And I and I don't know that I've heard other songs address this that I know, you know, maybe Nas has talked about this in some of his raps and he's, you know, not mixed, but he's got a different parentage. And so 
I yeah, I was like really that's like the redeeming thing about that song. Some of the lyrics don't hold up. Like he's gonna kill his own mama because she's a horrible person. That's insane. And yeah. great, great Grindcore. storytelling. Grindcore. 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 Uh out in the parking lot is the follow-up to the fo- final track. Uh to the opening track, excuse me. And then what should have been Cop Killer. And now let's talk about Cop Killer in plain terms. We already did the whole political spiel. I don't have to repeat those tones, but this... I want to just talk about the song. The song itself, it's a pretty damn good song. It's it's emotional, it's angry, and it's it's a call to arms. Not literal arms shooting people, but it is a wake-up call to the world saying, this stuff that we thought was over isn't over. And that is, that is a lesson we're still learning now, now that everybody has a, a TV station in their pocket. And that's why this song is still, in my opinion, and I have friends that were cops. I have friends that were cops that were killed in the light of duty, like literally. And, you know, family members, LEOs, law enforcement officers, all kinds of stuff like that. I mean, I am very pro-law enforcement and I am very anti-poor law enforcement. You know, it's, I don't understand why and this is as controversial as I'm going to get. I don't understand why the good cops aren't ang- more aren't angrier about the bad cops. Well, there's your thin blue line, and it's the same thing with the military. I know there's a lot of uh, I have many friends who are veterans and serving and on reserves and have served, and there's a lot of heinous shit that goes on in the military, and no one ever seems to call it out from within. It's always from the there outside. are same, and there are three folded up flags in the in. There are three folded up flags in this house. Yeah, I have one. So I understand. Um, But it's still a good song. It's um, it's it's, honestly, it was needed at that time. I understand how abrasive it's meant to shock you. It's meant to be shocking. It's a shocking song. That's the point. I know your mother's grieving Mm -mm, because I know. This is how angry they are. Like, this is how angry the times made them. And, And so... I understand that it's jarring and, and it's just certain people are just going to hear that shit and flip out. And other people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I like that. So if you, you think you've been canceled or your favorite artist is canceled and you built your whole identity around that person. So this is a catastrophe for you. Your life is over. If you love Marilyn Manson to the death and he's ruined for his whole career now, you're despondent because he's got nothing new on the horizon. He's going to just live in his house on drugs. And uh, it's the same thing. If you buy, no one has been canceled more than Ice-T and he's still a huge famous star. And he was the most canceled guy ever because can you name another song that was removed from an album, which he did voluntarily, by the way. But the pressure was so bad, the record label executives were getting death threats from unions and cops, by the way. And Wait a minute, cops were making death threats? That's the room, that's the story. And I decided like, you know what? It's not worth this. And I don't want to be just known as the cop killer guy. It's amazing. What he said was, I don't want people to think we sold records based on controversy. Yes, that's exactly the quote. And so he volunteered to remove the song, replace it with something else of his choosing. All the records were collected, bought, removed from shelves, wiped out of eternity. Masters will never be sold back to him, apparently. He's asked many times, offered many sums of money, and they just won't do it. And uh, what happened, what came next is, do, 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 
this remake of a song of his own called Freedom of Speech. In which but he the got, second most canceled man in rock. The second most canceled person he kind of deserves to be canceled sometimes is Jello Biafra of the Dead Kennedys and uh, formerly of the Dead Kennedys. And so that song was replaced. Cop Killer was banished to never be heard again unless you have YouTube. You cannot get it on streaming. You cannot buy an album or tape with it. Um, it was for 30 years. This whole time. It's never coming back. Like he, he tried to get it remade with it. I don't see it happening. I think Real, too much I mean, against him. To point this out, this song was a bone of contention in a presidential election. Right. The president, the sitting president bitched about the song and a running mate bitched and, about the song. Even yeah. fuck that guy, Dan Quayle. Ugh, the worst. But like, even Pence is a better person than Dan Quayle. But anyway. Let's um, not say things we can't take back. But, um, True. I, I can't name another song. The president spoke the words in anger. Right. So it's similar. It, NWA thought they were persecuted for, you know, after police. So this is, yeah, this this thing. And still, Ice T, if you think you're canceled and you can't come back from something, Aaron Lewis, I'm looking at you. You should be canceled right now. But like, if you think your favorite artist is canceled and can't come back, Here's Ice T, a huge superstar across seven, eight mediums 30 years later. But that yeah. song is wiped out of existence, except for the 20,000 people who still torrent, have a copy. BitTorrent, few people who still have it, and YouTube, where I listen to it today five times in a row. Because also, machine gun guitar solo. That's awesome. I don't like guns, but a machine gun used as a guitar solo instrument, yeah, that, I think, is great. That's something we didn't talk about. There was a lot of usage of guns as instruments on this record yeah and i, I, I don't it. i don't love it, it i do love it i thought it was a great artistic choice i think it, it I wonder the if album that, for sure correct i was wondered wondering if that was influenced by the um the god that failed there james used a, a cocking motion on a 22 yep. uh for for percussion Mm. I don't know. I, I don't know if anybody knew what it was at the time, but it's, it's it's I think it's cool. They used it for drums, they used it for solo. I mean, cool artistic choice. I think the entire end of Cop Killer has like a double bass and they replaced each beat with a gunshot, which is hilarious. Yeah. And a time when you couldn't just punch that in, right? You had to actually like splice it in. It's pretty creative. Um artistic again, choices. Again, I'm not. I don't want anyone murdered, let alone unarmed, innocent African-Americans, everybody. Stop shooting each other. Well, just stop getting shot. Stop these, you know, again, uh, taser, taser, taser kills a guy on the ground. She was a cop for 26 years, and she didn't know the difference between her service arm and her taser. She needs to be fucking put in jail, not given a reward and sent off to retirement with money. Kyle Shittenhouse, who should be dead... I hope the streets take care of him. Just saying, uh, you know, he's a hero with millions of dollars now. Unreal. There, yeah. Uh, see, to me, I never saw gangster rap or metal or any violent music. I never saw it as glorifying violence. I saw it more as a, it's, it's like Jimmy Walker said in Good Times. I'm not trying to paint my way out of the ghetto. I'm trying to paint the ghetto word. And that's what this kind of music is. It's, you know, when Slayer sings about Joseph Mengele, 
At no point do they say in the in the song "Angel of Death," man, this was a great thing. He's Nazis are onto something, man. No, no. And James Hetfield using iron crosses, which are from the fucking Middle Ages, Christian English warriors, is not make him a Nazi. He might not and be it, the most liberal person in the world, hardly so. But like, he's definitely not probably iron today. The iron cross was used way more in World War One. Right, Kaiser, the, the yeah. Kaiser Germany. Than yeah. it was in the Third Reich. It's and nobody would uh, call Lemmy a Nazi. He liked Nazi stuff. He liked he was attracted to Nazi military stuff because he was British, and they were bombed to pieces by these people. He was fascinated. Nobody nobody calls George Lucas a Nazi. No, even though he styled the Empire after the Nazis. And Kiss has been called Nazis for the lightning bolt SSs that Ace Frehley invented and doesn't get paid for anymore. Uh, but Paul refined them though, so it's fine. Maybe. And, so yeah, Jew with his art, in his art history. So anyway, um, I'm gonna just sum up this album and say overall, does it hold up as well as it did back in '92? Mm, not so much. It's an important album, lyrically and the message of the album. I, I'm sorry if that offends people, but I'm not sorry. We need a cop killer song or album today. We need a new Rage Against the Machine album today to galvanize people, whether it's bullshit or not, whether it's fake to you or not. We need people to care more. And no one cares. No one cares. That was this whole fucking album. It was, there are problems. Look at them. The message is a 10. The album itself is probably a 7 or a 6, to be fair. And I love some of these songs. Look, The bangers are tight. But it's not, the rest of it's bad. (laughs) And I love the guy. And I love the record, but like if I'm if I'm being honest, I would go six and a half out of ten. Just just a little just a little under. Yeah. There are some amazing riffs on this record, however, they are recycled. There is no difference in tone in the entire record. There's well, no tuning. Their, it's like they kill them all. They're making their first metal record, you know. Correct. There, there's yeah, except kill them all had more. They had clean notes too. Um just clean notes on here. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And um, the other one. Yeah, uh, Winner Loses. Yeah. And it's, that song is actually probably a little underrated. A little too long, but th- yeah, they, long. they went a little bit too long in some places, a little too short in others. They didn't Fair. have that down. But the message on this album is amazing. The importance of this album cannot be understated, cannot be overstated, because this was the first time in, because for lack of a better term, it's extreme metal. Anything that's not Iron Maiden, anything to the left of Iron Maiden is extreme metal. Let's, let's call thing what it is. <laughs> to the left is to the right. I think the right, but okay. Which, I don't know, to the other side of. Yeah. Okay. To no, me. I go to the left because the left is more extreme change. The right is more conservative. Stay the same. So to the left of. Left hand, besides, left hand path. So anything to the left of Iron Maiden would be considered extreme metal in 1992. So it's the first extreme metal done by black people. And not only it's, but it gets worldwide famous. I'm going to say Fishbone has some heavy, heavy bangers. I never saw Fishbone as does Living Color. They're not strictly metal, but they can do metal songs. They're also not extreme. They have had some very extreme songs. I just think maybe not by 92. Fishbone absolutely has like almost borderline, you know, equivalent. They were making like equivalent to death metal on a song or two. So I think okay. Fishbone might be worth checking into. King's X is heavy, but not in an extreme metal way. It'd be fun if they slight, ever Slight rephrase. 
they're the first thrash metal band, extreme metal band of African-Americans to get big. That's uh, totally fair. And that's, and that, you know, a lot of people forget that all Mm. American popular music comes from Africa. It all starts there. Mm. And Um, yeah, I, oh, that's, oh yeah, that was his whole motivating thing. And I'm just going to tie it back to something in 2022. There's an artist called Cinnamon Babe who has a song out called Rock is Black and a video, Rock is Black, talking about I'm taking it back. Just, it's like the modern body count album. And she has, they're trying to troll her. They're trying to decimate her. And she just destroys people with her intellect online, especially in social media. Go follow her on TikTok. Cinnamon Babe is her name and the band. Um, I had an argument on Twitter years ago on a business trip because I was bored. Getting into... So, because somebody didn't believe me that all American popular music has roots in Africa, oh, and the guys like the guys like, what about bluegrass? And, well, the banjo comes from Africa. Yeah, everything. everything. So, you and eventually he went, oh, there's one form of American music, and even that, like actual American made in America, maybe two: jazz and the Broadway musical. And the Broadway musical has roots in vaudeville and blues. So enough. Um, but people will just deny, you know, it's weird to see not white people playing that music. Good for them. No, I like non-white people doing met rock and metal for the same reason why I like white people doing rap. New perspectives I in like an music. old genre. I just like music. I don't even like, yeah, it just, it's, you know, I, I hope this series, I hope this album re- review retrospective sparks a good discussion if this series, if this episode offended you or made you angry that we talked about Cop Killer and this album in such glowing regard, get at us in the comments thoughtfully, and I will engage you. I can't speak for Nicholas, but oh, I, hell yes, I will. But I I'm can, saying I'll like, walk don't away come from like an ignoramus and be like, and with your facts, your fake facts, and your pseudo news, come at me with a real, a real platform, come at me and articulate yourself and I will engage you properly. Uh, You know, I'm not trying to get people, we we didn't set out to antagonize anybody. I will say that we had trepidation about doing this series. I was like, this could go off the rails and it very well might, not because I wanted to, it needs to be talked about. This album needs to be celebrated, actually, not the terrible shit in it, but like, Again, good shit. If you think your artist is can, if you think you're going to cancel Metallica, the biggest band ever in 2022, you're not going to. Ice T has put that cross on his back for all of us because when they tried to, when they took his song off there, they hurt everybody that's a punk. They hurt everybody that's black. They hurt everybody that's a metalhead because because Ice is flying a flag for all of us. And I hope and people see that that's the reason for this series. If you co- if you want to come to me and talk to me about this in the comments. Happy to engage. I'm happy to have a thoughtful conversation. I am always ready for a conversation. However, I will ask you to show your work. If your answer is Google it, fuck you. Because that means you don't know a fucking thing. Second thing, music for me is about perspectives. That's why I listen to music from all around the world. So like when I hear Japanese people singing metal, that gives me something cool because it gives me a new appreciation for how somebody's seeing something cool metal doesn't really belong to any one person or group no it's everybody's just like all music it's everybody. I, I think at this point we've all kind of passed it up 
we, we've all passed music around and we've all passed every genre around and you know every band has done every genre of music even just a little bit so you know who, you know who music doesn't belong there is one singular person on earth who no music belongs to ted Who's fucking that? cruz ted cruz doesn't deserve a good song not even happy birthday in his whole life i will agree with that and i will say let's call this a night before we start going crazy and i start drinking too much because i gotta go shall i take us home take us home with my misfits beer in hand because this shit's delicious i can't believe how good this is top 10 music related beers right now um this has been the glacially musical podcast either on youtube or wherever you listen to podcasts nick and i can speak glowingly for nick we are grateful for you to spend this time with us if you made it to the end please like and subscribe Buy something from our link tree. It does support the podcast. Maybe we can buy a vinyl you would like to see us react to. Why don't you drop a comment and let us know what you'd like us to review next? Because we're reviewing a whole bunch of series to the end of the year at this point. We're thinking about a lot of things or chaser episodes. Um, Lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff being going. Lots of stuff in the works. But that being said, this has been the Glacially Musical Podcast. It does not play in Peoria.